0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Press Play Lifestyle Inspired podcast, where we do interviews with friends like Miss Luana here on topics to help our listeners, that's you, find the resources, tools, and support that they need to be their best inspired selves. So how are you doing today, Miss Luana?
1: I am really awesome. Thank you. How about you?
0: I'm doing really well. It's sunny. um, all my kids are home for spring break and and I just, just as a, I love the name Luana, one of my um, first au pairs, which is someone who comes watches your children, um, was from Brazil and her name was Luana. So I always had ah. a special place in my heart. And I, I chose it. it myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you? Did you change your name as an adult? Yeah, yeah,
1: two years ago, I changed my first and my last name at the same time as when I bailed the country <laughs> and went to live in a ditch for three months. <laughs> wow. It was part of my transformation, shall we say.
0: Yeah, you came out of the ditch, you didn't want to have the same name, huh? Wow. I was like, I am
1: transformed.
0: Well, I would hope so, right? <laughs> well, you know, and on, on a completely bright side of that, I think when you literally come from a ditch, to, <laughs> no matter what is happening, unless you're in a ditch, you realize that it, it can be better, right?
1: Exactly. Do you know what? I had a great time in my ditch. I really did. It was really peaceful. Um, It was cold. It it was winter. Uh, We had no power, no internet, no running water. You know, we were covered by a polytunnel, Um, and it was just what I needed at the time. I needed a full reset. And that's exactly what I got. We were like, we were two and a half hours away from any sort of civilization because I didn't have transport either. I'll just say as well, it was by choice. It wasn't because I had to be there. It was because I wanted, I needed space. And so off I went and yeah, that's where I wrote my first book actually.
0: Awesome, wow. So so what took you from an old name to an old ditch, to a new name and a new book
1: out of the ditch. <laughs> oh, um, I was in the UK and I, I used to be an actress, and I was I was in the press a lot, and I was in the press talking. Well, I was talking to a journalist about a film I was in, and um, anyway, what went out the next day wasn't the story about my film but the story around my marriage and um, it went crazy it um, I'll give you a bit more information there (laughs) Um, my husband had just told me he was transgender and I I mean that happens doesn't it but I think the reason why the story went so big was because because our attitude towards it wasn't the norm you know I'm, I'm quite a chilled out person so I was like okay you know you've got to be who you truly are on the inside you know I'm with you every step of the way and you know we were looking online I was looking for people to resonate with and I couldn't find anybody and you know I could just see a lot of people who in my situation at the time who were hurt and angry and bitter and they you know that's I'm not judging anybody else but I just I couldn't resonate with that because that's not how I felt at all so yeah the story just just blew up um and within about six months I mean we were on documentaries for national television um All sorts of things, like constant we had journalists, TV producers knocking on our door. It just, it went really crazy. And then after six months, um, something confusing happened where he, and there is a reason I'm saying he, (laughs) he decided not to continue down that journey. And that that really confused me even more than than the first bombshell (laughs) because I didn't understand it. Um, I just, I, I was so confused and I did, we'd just been on a national documentary and a load of journalists wanted to speak to us and I didn't know what to say, I was confused, I was hurting, you know, I, it, this sort of thing you, you can't prepare for, <laughs> like nobody knows really how they would react and the way I reacted was... I buggered off to Portugal with a family friend. There was a family friend who was already out there. That family friend is now my partner. (laughs) So I went out there to see him. He already had some land and I just stayed out there with him. And um, he had, it was the beginning of, he was making it sustainable off the grid. And I'd always dreamed of opening an animal sanctuary. So we decided to go in together. Um, now, after three years, I stayed there. We we stayed, It was a, a ditch with a bed in it and a camping stove and a polytunnel over the top. And it was really crazy because if we were ever on the bed and we dropped something off the bed, that's it. It was gone. You know, we were screwed. It was covered in mud. <laughs> so, you know, it was quite memorable. But it was amazing to be out in the middle of nature with nothing around you know you could close your eyes and it was just the sound of nature no cars no no nothing no people just the sound of nature and it was amazing so yeah it was a bit of an experience to say the least
0: so how do you come like how do you leave that i can think that would be the question like if you go from this crazy stuff happening to you um and to your husband, like, sounds like he was going through, or your prior partner, sounds like he was yeah. going through a lot. And then you're like, no, I, I'm good. I'm going to just go reset for a minute. And then you get to do that, right? In this beautiful place with all of the sounds and the pace that you love. And then you come out of it. Like, uh, I could see a lot of people just saying, you know what, this works. I'm I'm. maybe I'm projecting I don't know but like oh it's so quiet here so what what had you kind of come out of the the ditch like out of the nature and sort of come back in with well people
1: my partner stayed I moved out to an apartment nearby and I, I left him there doing his thing he was the one you know working on the build constantly every day on his own um, and I was still running an online business and if you can imagine that was a little bit crazy you know I was running this online business fully online and I was in the middle of nowhere and I had no power no internet and so I had to walk to the nearest cafe which took uh, it was about three hours you know there and back Uh, but I did that to power up my device and stuff, but you know it taught me a lot of stuff because I could only work until my devices had run out of charge once they were gone, they were gone, so I learned to be more productive, I learned to prioritize and just get on and I learned not to work twenty four seven because that's something I used to do as well.
0: let's say it sort of gave you forced boundaries, right when
1: exactly at one
0: point your your phone's like Boo! you're like yeah. You're
1: yeah, but the thing the thing that got me to take myself out of that situation was my book had got to bestseller and now I was in the media again, but this time because of my book, not about my personal life. And so, you know, I was doing a lot of interviews and, and things like that and I just, I really wanted to focus on my business and I I wasn't really able to do podcast interviews because even though we were in the middle of nowhere, there was still, I don't even know what their real names are, but I call them chickaroos. I've got that really noisy little grasshopper type things. And the sounds lovely, but they're really noisy. So um, it was quite windy as well. And if it rained, you know, we were in a polytunnel, it was really noisy. So I couldn't risk booking podcast interviews in or doing any sort of interview where I was there and then I tried going to the cafe and doing it there a few times but that you know what I mean there was just too much background noise I couldn't risk it so it just got to the point where I thought you know what I've, I've done my healing now it's time for me to go and really really focus on my business and so that's what I did, but there was this, there was a very strange part in between, which was where one day I was covered in mud, it was winter, you know and The next day, I was, you know, traveling to do speaking engagements all over the world and to be interviewed on TV and stuff. So I felt like I was living a double life. I was like, right, okay, which version of Luan am I today? Am I in my wellies or am I in a five-star hotel doing my hair and makeup ready for a TV interview? Like, it was just a bit crazy.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that there was, like, um, a lot of transition to sort of being outside being able to wear what you want be how you want you know there was
1: nobody around sometimes i didn't even bother wearing clothes like we were literally out there and there was nobody
0: yeah and then you're like yeah i probably should wear my underwear and a bra today at least you know i'm going talking to people
1: Uh, yeah now i actually have to put clothes on and look decent
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's amazing so Um, One thing I'm just really curious is you probably would have had an easier time getting your book out if you would have used your old persona, right? Your old name, your old... um, So it's interesting that you kind of... My first
1: book actually did go in my old name. Okay. So it, it must have been after the book went out that I changed my name. It must have been towards <laughs> towards the end, but um my foot- yeah my first one was in my old name, and then since then, I just switched to my new name, and it didn't seem to affect anything
0: well, that's awesome, yeah, I just know <laughs> um you ever see like on online internet marketers or online um business owners they always do this like if I had no name and I had to start over what would I do in 30 days? Right. And so it's like not having a following, not having a list, not having Mm. all these things and then starting over. And I doubt you thought of it that way, but essentially you're like, oh, by fame, by, you know, being in the the spotlight, Mm. I'm going to just start over and move forward.
1: Um, Yeah, I guess that's what I wanted. I mean, I've never tried to hide anything about my past. You know, I, I did a lot of acting as well. And even on my IMDb, IMDB page now, it's in my old name, and then it's in my new names in brackets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there's nothing. It's not that I want to hide who I was. It's more, I don't know. I just don't, mm-hmm. f- I changed so much that I don't feel I could relate to that person anymore. And because my marriage had broken up, I didn't want that surname anymore. Um, and I didn't want to go back to my maiden name either, because I just felt so far removed from that person. And my name, I never liked my first name. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I, my maiden name used to be Funk.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: <laughs> so I was pretty sure no matter what happened, it was going to be an upgrade, right? Because so, no hyphenating, because it'd be like Funk and what? funk and johnson like that could not possibly be a good idea so um so i was i was happy to get a new name as well just for different reasons i like funk uh well i i grew up in the 80s so it was like we gotta funk gotta have that funk. yes yeah so um not not as much fun living with that as a teen, and as a teenager i i assure you
1: <laughs> well my name was arian So it's actually, it's really common in Wales where I come from, but anywhere outside of Wales and I get called alien and all sorts. I'll never forget. I was on a, I was on a cruise ship once and the comedian um, asked me my name and I said alien and that was it. You know, he was gone off his set. Talking about alien and the predator for, for about 15 minutes. So I was just like, but quite often I'd phone Taxis and I'd have alien on the front and I would think oh no
0: Oh, no, yeah, I could so yeah, <laughs> so I got For a different reason, but yeah, certainly it's interesting. So you getting this select something is probably more fun anyway so- <laughs> So you have your book out, you know, I've, you know, I've gone to your website, so it's yourname.com. Um, What are you doing now, now that you've um, moved out of the ditch and you moved into the apartment and um, you've written, an, you've written the books, like what, what is, what is in store for you now and how do you help people um, through your business that you have?
1: Yeah. So with this crazy experience that I had with the press, um then my you know everything with my book I started helping people to write and publish books and become best-selling authors specifically entrepreneurs you know who want to write the books to grow their business that's my niche and then from there well my coach said to me one day why don't you help people to get into the media and I, I, li- I said something like don't be stupid everyone knows how to get into the media and she says No, they don't. And then I noticed. And it it hit me like a break. It was like, what? You mean not every business owner is regularly in the press? Like, why not? I was baffled by it. So I started working on that. And the other thing was obviously with this experience that I'd had with the press, there was a lot of things I made a lot of mistakes because even though I was well used to being in the press. I was also very naive and hadn't realized, like I'll give you an example. If, and if anybody who's listening to this finds them in in a similar situation, then please, please remember this. If a press comes to you and they want to talk to you about a story, which is about you and your business or whatever, something to do with you, and you refuse to talk to them, don't for a second think that that story isn't going out. It will still go out. It's just you won't have your input. So when I ran off to Portugal and decided not to speak to any journalists, did the story still go out? Yes. But because it went without my input, it was not what I would have wanted going out <clears throat> I'll never forget one headline, which was, um, (laughs) it was claiming that I'd said that my husband smells and that's why we'd broken up. I mean, you know, it was completely bizarre, but it was, it was something that I'd said in a documentary that was taken out of context. Now in the article, it might have explained more about what I actually meant. You know, it wasn't that at all, but I don't know because I didn't read it. Um, But, you know, it was a huge lesson to me. Oh, okay, you know, I'll just talk to the press from now on. (laughs) Like, you know, if there's anything positive or negative, you've got to speak to them. Otherwise, you know, that is your one chance to be able to get your side of things across. And if it is something negative, then just be honest. Be, you know, don't, don't try and get away from the question, don't say no comments, none of that, because all of that makes you look dodgy. But just be real and be honest and explain. And if for whatever reason you can't, then explain why you can't as well and say when you'll be happy to do a follow-up when you are able to do more like that. That is probably the biggest lesson that I learned from that whole experience. And so when I work with my clients, I don't just get them booked onto these things. I make sure they know exactly what they're doing. I make sure they know exactly how to answer difficult questions. And, and I work with them a lot on, um, building their reputation and protecting their reputation. For example, if trolls decide to to attack, because that's something that I've really, really had to fight against. Um, And this happened as a result of all of this as well. You know, when I ran off to Portugal, then there was that in the paper. And then the next thing I knew, um, I used to run an acting academy And a few years before this, I'd reported a film director who had been sending very inappropriate messages regarding a teenager, one of my students. So naturally, I sent it to the police. Of course I did. Um, And then I told him, (laughs) maybe I shouldn't have, but I did. I phoned him and I said, look, I've just reported you to the police because I was sent this screenshot. So you know I followed my safeguarding procedures I've sent it to the police I just wanted to let you know because you know I don't know why I just did (laughs) but what I found out was oh anyway this this big hate campaign started where you know people were um holding live events even in my honor and there was hate groups online and all of these things basically claiming that I was a scammer and it's hard when these things happen and naturally what we want to do is hide away but I found out that this guy that I'd reported to the police was behind the whole thing because he made a very very rookie error um he was sending this copy and paste message to basically everybody who was on my friends list and um on one person that he'd sent to, he'd accidentally sent it from his personal profile instead of his fake profile. So I knew it was him <clears throat> and, um, but a lot of people were taken in and a lot of people believed him. So then they were carrying on, you know, these things. And I, I didn't originally, I hid away a bit, you know, that's our natural response. And then I got my act together and I went in the Huffington Post to share my story. I spoke to the press, the UK press, um, and I had, it went in all of the national newspapers, what was happening. So, you know, and this is something that I helped my clients with as well, which is why, why I was talking about it, because the natural thing is that we want to hide away. If, we, if we're, It's scary, you know, it feels like we're losing control. We don't know what these people are capable of. Um, but hiding away is not the right thing to do. If it's just a silly little troll lead, leaving the old scam comment or whatever, you know, just ignore those. But I'm talking about if somebody is really, really going for it, you know, a hate campaign, if they're gathering people and they're, Setting up hate groups and all of this stuff, it needs to be tackled, especially if they're spreading rumors, which can destroy your reputation. So instead of hiding, you need to do the opposite, you need to shine a light on it. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I posted on all my social media profiles, and yeah, then went into the Huffington Post and into the UK press, and um, and all of that stuff as well. You know, and I, I just shared my. What, well what my truth was along with any evidence and that's what i would suggest anybody else does as well and it's terrifying it's not an easy thing to do because you don't want to let people know it's happening because it's it's awful it's you know it's bullying isn't it
0: yeah you know it's i, I had a it was a question that I, I was always curious about so you hear on the news or you hear in um like trash tv and stuff about you you know don't say bad things about people because that's defamation of character you can't say bad things um because there's all these legal ramifications however i still keep seeing like like someone will actually use the name of a person and then say bad things and i as what i don't understand is when does it be- like, when does it become legal and illegal? Like, why is it a... Yeah. <laughs> when isn't it bullying, right? How do you... Um, you should not... I don't think you should ever do that. Like, if the way to get out no. is you have to stomp on someone's face, well, then, oh. you know, maybe maybe you don't deserve to be ahead. But uh, what I don't understand, though, is... I don't understand why people do that, but I really don't understand where, where that line is. Like, that gentleman who, you know... Sucked and said bad things about your little girls, and then goes in and defames someone. How do, how does he get away with that? Like, how do people are they able to do that without some kind of legal?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it's horrible. Like they rarely get they, they rarely they rarely get done for it, and it you know it's such a horrible thing to do to be spreading rumors like that. You, and it. They damage. The normal people don't go around trying to destroy other human beings. You know, it's not what regular happy people do. You know, these people have got to be very damaged themselves. You know, and bitter and twisted. It's just, yeah, it's it's not nice at all, and it's awful to be on the other side of it. So, well, um,
0: I think that one thing that probably is important to note, though, is like what you said was make sure you talk to the press because then you get a, you get some say, or at least you get a, a good shot at having a say. Yeah. Like, I think the press are actually just out to get r- like a ratings, right? They want to get people to read. They need the titles. They need the Oh most- yes. Whereas like that's different than a troll or someone who's trying to defame you or like pull you down. Um, cause I, they- Think your part of your business is saying, "Let me show you how to be more visible with yeah. people and protect yourself from
1: exactly,
0: not yeah, necessarily just the press, but from the people behind the press too that are gonna, you know, want exactly,
1: to- exactly, um, <clears throat> and the press aren't out, you know, to make people." look bad or whatever um generally if they are asking questions that are deemed as negative or whatever it's because they want to get the truth out and you know they want the story they want to get to the bottom of what's actually going on um and so they they don't want people coming in with these well-rehearsed surface answers and so they'll you know they'll use some techniques to get deeper you know and the thing is as well a lot of people are scared of doing interviews because they think that things like that's going to happen it is very rare most of the time when you do go for interviews on tv or whatever the host want you to do a good job they're going to help you to feel relaxed they'll have a chat normally they'll have a chat with you beforehand they'll let you know the types of questions that they're gonna ask just like we had a little five minute chat you know before we started recording this or they do the same for tv for radio you know they they want you to do well and yeah so it very rarely happens. But of course, if there is some sort of accusation, um, I had a client who was accused of scamming people not long ago. Uh, within four hours, we had everything pulled down. And it's hard to, it, it's really hard to think clearly yourself when you're in that situation. Because you, you have to remove emotion from the equation. And that's not an easy thing to do when you're in the middle of it and, you know, you're in fear and everything like that. But, yeah, four and a half hours and we got something like that. we got everything taken down. And that's because we found the person who was heading it all and we sh- we reached out to him, you know, um, or she reached out to him. I told her what to say. <laughs> and, um, you know, just showing the evidence, like, look, what what's this about? Like, this is what really happened and she showed him her evidence and then she posted something similar publicly as well and he apologized you know he wasn't trying to be a nasty little troll he had honestly got the wrong end of the stick and that can happen sometimes we can think oh you know these are all horrible people but the fact is you know like when i had all of those people calling me a scammer you know yeah, it was made up originally, but most of the people who were carrying it on genuinely believed it. So, you know, they're not all nasty, horrible people. Some of them think that they're doing a public service, you know, they think they're doing a good thing. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. So I think that that's a great lead in to sort of um, if you find yourself in the, in the, storm of negative press and you don't feel prepared or even if you think you might be prepared sometimes emotion takes hold is that a good time to reach out to someone like you and say okay something has happened even if I might feel prepared I think I need a non emotional guide coach person is that yes. sort of the type of client that would do would be smart to reach out to you
1: yes but ideally before this happens you know before it's got out of hand i wish i wish that i had had somebody to turn to when all of this happened with me um i didn't you know i had people who advised me and everything like that but not to this depth not to the depth that i do with with my clients and that's why we do the full thing you know it's not just getting you into the media we hold your hand the whole way through we prepare you for interviews we make sure you know how to answer questions that you don't want to answer that you can't answer we know we say what to do if you trip over your words it doesn't matter by the way or you know if you go blank and forget what you're talking about again it doesn't matter I do it all the time you know it's all about how you recover um and we do lots of uh, you look know, at my acting backgrounds come in really handy as well because we do some improvisation practice and that sort of thing.
0: So I, I wonder if one um, opportunity for people to consider is if you know you've done something that might be spun or you know that there's something that's happened, like you're getting a divorce and you're in the public eye or you know, you've know you had some something bad happen or your mom was arrested for doing drugs, right? Something crazy like that. Is it a good idea to come to someone ahead and go, look, this happened um, it's not out there yet. It might not get out there. But I want to be able to either put it out there in my control. Yes. Know how to do damage control if it does surface. I mean, is that something
1: that people do with you? Sort of? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm working with somebody at the minute, actually. I, I can't, can't talk about it because obviously, absolutely. you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a huge story that we're working on at the minute um which is it's absolutely huge so that's going to be a crazy one <laughs> um but yeah definitely but the stage that i would suggest that people come to me is when when they've got a business that's established um and when i say established i mean they've already got a strong marketing plan they've you know they've got a strong social media presence They're clear on their offers. They know who their target audience is. And now they're ready to take it to the next level and to be getting maximum exposure. That's the stage. I wouldn't wait for something to happen like I did. (laughs) Um, Like I said, you know, I wish that I had had somebody at the time. But then I wouldn't have learned all these lessons. So I don't wish. But, you know, that's the road that I took. And that is... Fine, but I wouldn't wish it on anybody else.
0: Well, sometimes our messes become our messages, right? So. Exactly,
1: exactly. Oh, totally. And I'm really happy. You know, looking back a few years, I never ever would have seen me doing this. It wasn't my life plan. It wasn't. Everything I do comes from experience. And like I said before, I, I didn't realize that other people weren't doing it. So I never looked at the possibility. Um. Yeah. So it's 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 crazy how things work out.
0: One thing before we wrap up, though, because we got to focus a lot on sort of the the tough areas, but um, you also do a lot of other things, right? It's not just like, hey, if you think you might get in trouble, let's call Luana. It's <laughs> you know, from what I understand, like how to get you visible if you're not, how to write a best-selling book to help your business. So what what are, what are your main offerings that you also support people with in addition to sort of damage control so that if people who are not finding themselves in a sticky situation are looking for you, someone that has your services, they'll know that they could reach out to you?
1: Yeah, so my, my main offer is uh, Done For You Media or dauntless, dauntless PR, I like to call it. And it's basically, you know, it's the whole package. It's where we pitch to the press on a regular basis. Because the thing is, anybody can do this themselves, you know, anybody can do it themselves. It does take time, and it takes consistency. And actually, <laughs> i if, if it's okay I will I'd like to go into a bit how if anybody's watching this how they can go about it so the first thing is to figure out you know what your story is and a lot of the time ta- what angle it is that you're going to approach the press with to figure out exactly what you want to get out there where would be appropriate for that message to get out and then who to contact and then to just go for it and make sure that every story you're pitching is going to the place that would be most likely to be interested in that. You know, somewhere that's, um, somewhere that's published something similar before or had something, you know, if it's TV, they've had something about it before, but not the exact same thing. Yours has got to be on a different angle. So just something that I would recommend doing is uh, just keeping an eye on the press, on what people are talking about, what's hot in the press right now, and then seeing what you can link to. But I I will stress again, not to contact, because you uh, look at what journalists are talking about. So if there's a particular journalist who is talking about your subject, contact them, not to ask if they want to do the same thing again. The answer will be no, but contact them, with a different perspective a new angle on that topic and then you'll find that they'll be prob- they'll probably be more interested so you need to decide you know what your angle is what you want to get out of it where you want to be featured and then who to contact and then you've got to be consistent and this is where most people fall down right journalists can get hundreds of pitches in a single day they need to write on average about seven stories a day and they'll get probably um on average, it's around three, four hundred pitches. So you've got to be one of those seven. You've got to cut through the noise. And it's got to be something that you know they're already interested in. Because if you keep sending them something that they're not, then they're just, they're going to blacklist you. They're not, you know, they're going to block your email. So that's something to bear in mind. I've forgotten what your original question was now. Yeah. Oh. oh, it was about, it, yeah, it was about what, what, I do, wasn't it? So I got I went off on a little tangent there, but hopefully that'll be useful. Um, but yeah, so what we do is because people do struggle with that consistency, because you know, you, you could be sending the same pitch to hundreds of people and not hearing anything. And you could think, well, nobody's interested, but then if you just send one more, it could hit all over, you know, it could go national, it could go international. And it's not always easy to predict. I've had stories that have been that I've been convinced that are gonna be, you know, that are gonna go wild and they've been in one or two places. And then I've had others that have been a lot more tame. Um, you know, not so much of the shot shock factor and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, that's that's gone crazy so it can be hard to predict so just be consistent it's about timing as much as everything else yeah so anyway back to the question so what we do is we basically do that work for them so every day they're being pitched to um, our contacts but also we have a lot of journalists who contact us we get around 70 inquiries coming directly to us every day so then we put our clients forward for that and um Books is the other side of the business. Um, if you want to get into the media with your business, then write a book on the topic. It will really, really help. And because it helps so much, then we help with that side as well. And we do everything, you know, ghostwriting and editing and, and yeah. So everything to do with books and PR, but specifically we work for entrepreneurs who want to grow their business.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, Luana. And we thank you being here. So, if uh, keep in touch, let us know what's when you have new things coming up for uh, offers, and we'll be happy to share them with the audience. So, oh,
1: amazing. This. Thank you so much. All right, talk to you soon. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.